Who's typing? Your mother. Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) (laughs) You both are fired. You find your way back to making sense of pets, the podcast. We're your hosts, veterinary technicians Angela Ilya, Ryan Frazier, and I'm Becky Mosser. Today's conversation, I feel like, is an important one that we want to make sure sets everyone up for success when they're bringing home a new fur baby. So we're going to um, kind of leverage what's called pre adoption or, um, you know, pre bringing home counseling so that we can talk to you guys a little bit about. Maybe finding the best pet and not overlooking some of the pets that maybe get looked over in the shelter. So there's a lot of things that you have to consider when you go and look in for a pet. And I think the first thing to do is decide, you know, the the hardest thing to do is to decide whether or not to actually bring a pet home, right? So you have to really assess uh, your situation at home, your financial situation, right? Because now you're going to have another mouth to feed, another vet bill to pay, you know, uh, time-wise, another uh maybe another litter box to scoop i don't know you can get anything as a pet right from a goldfish to uh, you know another dog or you know an exotic pet or something like that so it kind of depends on what your financial uh you know level is and also like what your time commitment is like too so you have to kind of decide um the first step is deciding whether or not you can have or should have another pet come into your home yeah i like how you said that it it might be a goldfish or it might be a horse or something like that because we just recently added some new pets to the household. Ooh, um, we what'd just you got get? A, we um, got a new fish tank. Ooh, uh, so I love we fish have tanks. a 20 gallon fish tank um, and we got four new fish to go into it and we're taking it slow. But I think um, we have Tetra. So I have a Ruby Tetra and then just the Neon Tetra. They're really cool. We're going to go get more today. So we've given it, I think we're a little bit early on adding new fish to it, but I just can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we've given it um, two to three weeks to kind of sit and relax with the new fish and get all the good bacteria in the fish tank. Um, And now we're going to add a couple more. Yay. That's pretty exciting. exciting. Yeah, yeah and I, I agree with you, Angie. I, like, I think that is a good point. If you are looking for a new pet, there are a wide variety of pets to choose from. So if it doesn't fit into your time or doesn't fit into your schedule, maybe you can pick something a little a little less time-consuming. And then I know another time people are always really contemplating pets and thinking about pets is when a kid wants a pet, right? Oh, yeah. That's a huge problem. I don't know what that's like, but I hear it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like it can be, but it's important, right? We teach our kids, we teach kids responsibility. We teach kids really truly about like life and death and the human animal bond through them having pets. But at the same time, um, a lot of times we maybe choose the wrong pet for a kid and um, can actually put the pet in kind of a bad situation. One of the major things I think of then is like getting little girls a kitten and then kitten becomes little baby doll right and so we're like carrying kitten under our arm and it's dangling and then we end up with cats who honestly become rather aggressive right because they're like this is not cool so i'm just gonna attack you to get away from you yeah or injured you know i see a lot of little animals in general 
uh, overhandled or mishandled or, you know, and, and kids are not doing this like maliciously, right? They just not. want, like, I want to squeeze the animal when I see it to the point of potentially hurting it if it's yes. really, really cute. You know, we all have that like inner, Violent Al- inner Elmira, cute. right? <laughs> that like, comes out when we see something really, really, really cute. Yes. Um, so, you know, you can't blame the child, but you know, it's up to us as I guess parents, well, you all, I'm not in that pool at all, uh, to kind of, like, guide that. And and it's a lot of work to be watching now, like, two little babies kind of in your house, you know, that don't know the rules and don't know how to interact with each other. So that's, like, an extra additive stress and step and amount of work that you're adding on to, like, your family dynamic, which I imagine would be even more difficult than, like, if my husband and I just want to, like, or, well, really me, want to just, you know, randomly maybe show up with another chihuahua. Like, that's easy. Like, that's, <laughs> Sounds like you're brewing a plan over that's there. That's easy. You know, I've done it at least half a dozen times now. It's worked every time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole nother world. Yeah. And when I've worked with exotics, one thing that we often saw was a parent getting a rabbit for a younger kid. And with rabbits, their back or their hind end is so heavy that oh, they sure. often get back injuries. And so when a kid is picking them up and they don't know better, they're picking them up incorrectly and then injuring their back. hundred uh, percent. And I think that's a good point, Ryan, is that sometimes parents may feel like, okay, we're not ready for a dog or cat. It's too big of a responsibility. So they get an exotic pet, something like a lizard or a hamster or a gerbil. But then I find that when these pets are not super interactive and they're not getting that, like, bond back, they kind of become these forgotten living beings that we're just, like, Mm -hmm. guiltily creating survival for instead of true engagement. Oh, my God. It goes back to what what, one of the reasons that I started this podcast or that I had in mind for starting the podcast is when my dad got me the lizard and it broke its tail and we flushed it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, you do remember that. I put that on my mind. I forgot that about you. <laughs> but that's that's another big point here is know the husbandry of and of the pet that you're getting too. So do research before you jump into lizard ownership. Yeah. I mean, I've also had leopard geckos and you want, you know what gets really annoying is going to the pet store four times a week for crickets because they don't live that long unless you're right. into your breeding and so then I find these animals end up being highly neglected because yep. they're they're just kind of a pain to take care of if you don't know what you're getting into. And again, because they're not fuzzy and lovey, kids lose interest quickly. So um, I think that's a really important aspect. And like you said, Ryan, just study the husbandry a little bit and, and maybe um, talk to some experts about what it's really going to take and be like to own one of these pets. Because... Um, it's a lot of responsibility, and when you're dealing with an animal that like doesn't lick you in the face, it's not always the bond you might have thought it would be. Yeah, and with exotic animals especially, and even cats and dogs, a majority of the health issues, for, for sure for exotic animals, are because of husbandary issues, that we're not feeding them correctly, we're not giving calcium to our lizards that need it. Um, so just make sure that you're knowing uh, how to treat them. And your vet is a great resource. Absolutely. So if we decide not to go um, scaly or feathery roots and we decide we're going to go with a furry new friend, um, obviously we're going to strongly encourage you to adopt if possible. 
But another thing that I, I find and I run into, so, okay, a couple of things. Number one, I find a lot of people want the pet they grew up with. So they were like, mm. I had a beagle growing up or I had a border collie growing up and now Oy. I Those want to get right, like a Malinois. <laughs> uh, now I want to introduce this yeah, into my life. <laughs> and um, sometimes it's not as good as they maybe remember uh, it being or when they're trying to quote unquote replace this pet, right? Like, so they have this pet that mm. they love. Oh, I had a Bichon that was amazing. So I went and got another Bichon and I hate this one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, sometimes it's not, I think it's important to talk about like breeds and how it doesn't always detect, detect, (laughs) predict personality as opposed to, you know, looks. Come on. Oh yeah. I think that people also kind of tend to not look at the bad parts. You know, we kind of get blinded by love, so to speak, right? So if you, basically all those breeds you just listed, you know, people will be quite enamored with them. But then you don't, if you're like researching them, you're like, oh, look at how smart they are, right? Like the Border Collie. I'm going to teach my Border Collie like 250 different words. Like, what? what, Like, but you ignore the post that you're going to have to do it while he's like chewing through your drywall into like your neighbor's (laughs) apartment. You know, so it's like we kind of choose to like choose what we want to know about the breeds. And, you know, I have, I think we, well, I have a house full of like things I probably shouldn't have if I looked at the breed thing, but they all came to me in like different ways, you know, of need. So that's a little bit different. I feel like for me, but if I had a choice, I probably wouldn't choose like a French bulldog for instance, because their health or a Shiba Inu who has like a bad attitude, but mine's amazing, but it took a lot of work. (laughs) It took a lot of work. So just remember if you want to get a pure breed dog, um, that you kind of have this, uh, romanticized idea of how it's going to look when you own it. Uh, don't be afraid to kind of step back from that and realize that it's a lot of work to make a dog and and you and your family kind of click and be a cohesive unit that can enjoy life together. You know, sometimes it takes a lot of work. I think one of the things that people think about but maybe aren't isn't really true is that because they travel often, a cat maybe is a better choice than having a dog because you can leave a cat at home um, by itself for a couple of days. And I, I've working in emergency medicine, we've always seen mm. cases yeah. like that where so the cases. owner goes away for like three or four days and they get home and the cat's really sick. And that's something that I think that just needs to go away. If you're gonna, if you're gonna ha- uh, go on vacation a lot, then maybe a cat's not the best choice, or get someone there that can watch your cat while you're gone. Yeah, you know, I think it becomes too like the Disney effect, right? Like we see a movie, yeah, sure. it has this amazing aunt, right? Like we see this every time Disney and movies popularize a, any kind of certain breed yeah. or type of animal, where you're like, "No, I must have this," and <laughs> it becomes really a for- unfortunate because, like Angie said. You know, we we don't necessarily look at the bad side. And then, like Ryan said, sometimes we're a little bit overcommitted and we don't necessarily realize it or we have a misconception. Frankly, I don't think any living being really wants to have no interaction for three or four days. It's just – it's it's not it's their nature. Unnatural. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, out of nowhere, right, you go from having people home and, and a routine to – no one is around. No one is keeping your routine. And for cats, there is nothing more stressful. Yep. So you're right. You have to be really honest about your life. And I think for all of us on here, like we're, we're kind of 
maybe hypocrites because I have six animals and Angie has 72 and, you know, we know Ryan's got ducks and turkeys and stuff. But it's part of this comes with our profession, right? So we end up taking in things like you said, Angie, that have special needs or or maybe even outside of what we should have. So we're not trying to be hypocrites about this, but in our profession, I think we get kind of – we put ourselves in this situation. But for me, whenever I'm thinking about can I take another animal on, I think about my current situation. Do I have enough time, energy, and money for the pets that I have? Is everybody's nails trimmed perfectly? Are, do we have clean ears? Is it? How does that look? And do I have extra time to do this with another animal? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I'll talk myself out of it, um, no matter how cute and adorable and edible the thing yeah. in front of me is. So, all right, we, we decide it is okay. Like, so we get to the point where we're like, okay, I know I want a new pet. I know it's not going to be a goldfish or exotic. I want to go to the shelter and I want to adopt. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this because when you go into the shelter, unfortunately, I don't think we get to see the real personalities of the animals that we're looking at. And I think sometimes really, really wonderful pets get overlooked. Yeah, the shelter is a really difficult place for any animal, cat or dog. <clears throat> Sorry. The shelter is a very difficult place for any animal, cat, dog, rabbit, whatever, uh, to live. It's a very busy place. It's There's a lot of noise. It can be really scary. There's a lot of barking. And I think that... Um, you know, I've, I've worked at shelters. I know, Becky, you've worked at the shelter also. Uh, and it's, people get taken aback if they've never been to an animal shelter. It's very overwhelming, um, to be a a person also there, like with, you know, sometimes 30 dogs barking at you. It's really hard to like focus and sometimes interact with animals. And it's really difficult to see their true personalities. So a lot of dogs that are just kind of like, maybe amped up or not walked a lot or just like don't do well in a cage. They're either at the front of the cage really barking, which turns you off, or they may be hiding underneath their little bed in the back, which is like also a turn off, you know? So it's really hard to be the perfect person like presentable pet at the shelter. Um, of course there are places like, you know, if you go and you're like, I'm interested in this, uh, little dude over here in kennel 40, you know, of course there's usually a place where like a kennel worker will bring them where it's like more quiet and you can interact with them, you know, one-on-one meet and greet rooms and play yards and things like that exist at these places. But you know, then again, you're still at the shelter, right? And you're a total stranger to this dog who Lord knows like what it got like what happened to it in the last like week or two two weeks um or whatever of its life maybe it's been in the shelter for like a year and it's completely shut down you know those are the kind of dogs that get overlooked all the time so I definitely encourage people to kind of go out on a limb talk to like the volunteers talk to the dog walkers the people who are really kind of like sitting in there and working with these animals maybe a little bit more than the people at the front desk or more than somebody who wrote the description you know online of the animal that brought you in you know really start talking to the people that interact with these animals cat or dog and you know if you're kind of questioning whether or not it's the right animal, I'm pretty sure that a lot of either rescue or um, adoption agencies also would allow you to foster the dog first or have a trial period with the animal, um, cat or dog, at home first. Just to make sure that you're not, like, 
just jumping in and there's no kind of take backs, <laughs> um, so to speak, if it doesn't work out. Because sometimes it doesn't work out and you have to be able to be okay with that. And the place you're getting the dog or cat should be okay with that also. Because everyone's goal should be to have like the best life for that animal. So you shouldn't feel bad if it doesn't work out. That's such a, no, it's, it, you're exact, that's exactly it. They can't be themselves and they often get overlooked. We're all looking for like that tiny kitten who's like playing around with a toy and reaching out and grabbing at you. And the, it's just not the reality for a lot of the pets in the shelter that they're going to be that way. But once they get home and they can unfurl those beautiful personalities and, and come into themselves, they can really change your life. And of course, you're changing theirs as well. Um, I think there's also another population that gets overlooked a lot in the shelter or even in foster homes, and that's the senior and the maybe special needs population. My favorite. Yeah. I love me some gray face dogs. Mm-hmm. Little old men dogs are my favorite. <laughs> I have yeah. a lot of those around my house right now, and it's like my favorite time, right? Like I've had them since – I've had most of them since they were like youngins. And now um, my oldest is probably like 15 or 16, and the youngest is like seven. So we're like a bunch <laughs> of old people in this place. And it's so fun. Their tongues are starting to hang out. Oh, it's like the best. But they're still a little crazy, to be honest. <laughs> I have they haven't a client, slowed down too much. <laughs> I have a client that I used to have that would go to the shelters and rescue the special needs or the old pups. Um, and it, it just... I think it's so rewarding to see and so so amazing of her like this dog um that she has it it doesn't have any back legs and it was born like that and then the front legs don't work extremely well um so he has a little cart that she puts him in and um she was coming into the clinic twice a week to do laser treatments on the front legs um to help with some skin issues on the front legs because of the splints that he has for it then eventually she just bought a laser herself and is like doing laser treatments at home i think and i think that's where her and her husband have committed to doing doing that for pets um like getting the the older ones or getting the special needed ones and it does take a lot of work and she's super dedicated um and i think that's what you need to remember but they also make some really amazing pets and you get really bonded with these pets too you know i think it's such a personal choice in the sense that like some people are getting people get pets for different reasons some people are getting pets because they truly love animals and want to serve the animal and the others you know looking for the human animal bond and enriching their lives and you know a running buddy and you know if you're looking for a running buddy and you go to the kennel and you're not maybe first choice is going to be a blind three-legged dog <laughs> that doesn't make you a bad person maybe maybe for me if i needed a running partner I'm... <laughs> i <laughs> Angie's taking my 13 year old three like a dog that's like that's more my pace I'm like I Angie's want like slow down Daisy you wall there whoa <laughs> whoa can we get a water break or what <laughs> so that's another good point if you are an introductory runner maybe you don't want that border collie you better be running like the Marine Corps marathon annually if that's what you're looking for um but if you are looking for a pet to enrich your life, a lot of times these senior babies and special need pets can be a, an amazing addition and just something you can feel really good about not looking over. And, you know, um, 
I think sometimes people feel like there's a lower quality of life for handicapped pets. I know there's a lot of people who really, you know, would euthanize their dog before taking off a leg or their cat before, you know, removing a leg for a sarcoma or, oh, they're blind, so I'm going to put them down because they're blind. And the fact of the matter is, is a lot of these animals have amazing quality of life and animals are adaptable. They don't feel sorry for themselves. So they're not going to get slowed down by a disability because they don't know it's a disability. They see it as just like, well, this is life now. I'm going to do this. And um, I believe that more than ever after watching my own dog at 10 years old, just, okay, I don't have a front leg now. Fine. You know, and, yep. and she does amazing. And it's been three years of her doing amazing. So um, there's so much love to come from these guys. And they're yeah. so cute. They really old the dogs. Thing. Come on, like that's cute. There, oh, there's like somebody coming down the stairs right now. I'm sure you can know. hear that. She's <laughs> <That's> Christ. <okay. laughs> it's true that they they are the best and they're very loving. And I just think any dog that's been in the sh- or any pet that's been in the shelter just knows they have a better life when they get to come home. Yeah, and there's nothing more awesome than like taking that kind of wallflower or um, you know long shot or underdog. Uh, animal home and watching them turn into like a super awesome really cool pet like we that's like the story for many of like my animals were like abused or like found on beaches in Mexico or like whatever you know like they were completely you know not socialized and they didn't have great lives so you know watching them turn into these like super amazing animals that can play and um, just have their own personalities and you know the way that they, they sleep and oh they're just like so it's so cool and it's very uh it's like next level dog ownership rewarding right because like all dogs are and cats are great but then when you take something that's like this diamond in the rough and allowed to have a super great life I think it adds to the the bonus I guess or benefit of pet ownership even more for me anyway I agree it always goes back to like Rem with me where Rem was a research dog and I remember when he touched grass for the first time and then went from living in a cage all the time to going to a bunch of national parks with me and going camping with me and traveling across country and all that. It just like, and even his personality over the years has definitely changed um, to being this timid dog. Yeah. Like with that consistent love you give him. Exactly. And the safety. They, they know nothing bad's going to happen. Have you guys seen – I love when you see on the internet, like, they go and adopt a senior dog, and then they just – I'm not sure where they get all their money, but then they just make, like, a doggy bucket list and travel the country. Ugh. It's just – it's, like, my dream. Yeah, Me too. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we really have an opportunity here to change the life of pets, like Ryan said. And if we really are kind of thinking about their experience more than ours – um. I think we can we can make better choices. Exactly. And I would I would not leave it just as cat and dog too. Like you definitely want to consider adopting for a frog or lizards, that kind of stuff. A lot of people get these animals and then they can't take care of them because they didn't do the research or they don't have the right husbandry skills. Um, I. I look at rescues for frogs and turtles and tortoises and you'll definitely iguanas. find some for sure. There yeah. is a rescue for everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yes. 
that's such a good point. And if you are breed specific, whether it's cat, dog, oh, there's you know, a rescue for every breed. Yeah, there absolutely. really is. There really is. And and they and these rescues. Now, to be fair, um, I do feel like sometimes rescues can be a little frustrating. And there are times that I have seen people turn down repeatedly for and it. Make, doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast we can do at some other point, but. It is always the best way to go. And if you are having trouble with um, a rescue, I guarantee you those shelters are going to set you <laughs> up and get you out the door. Yes, they want those exactly. pets moved. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it is really, really important. And there are, you know, we all know about like Pet Finder and just tons of ways of finding pets in need all across the country. There are amazing organizations where literally pilots for paws. They will fly dogs yeah. across the country. These these people who have planes and just love to fly will load up a dog and cat, whatever, and get them across the country to their new home. So um, don't be limited, and please use a lot of consideration when you're thinking about bringing home a new pet. And if possible, think a little bit more about life through the animal's eyes than your own. Yeah, and it's important to just be patient, right? Be patient with the process. Be patient with the shelter be patient with the rescue be patient with your own family uh with yourself right and then with that new animal when you do bring it home and you know it's like uh you'll never be able to unless you've already brought another animal if you've had like you know if you've maybe got half a dozen animals running around you're probably a veteran at adding into your pack but um you know, it can be a big process to, and a big adjustment for everyone involved. So just be patient with the whole process and the reward, you know, is already going to be awesome. So just keep trying to remember that, you know, that's the goal here is to like enrich everyone's life. And so everyone has like a better, you know, outlook and a better, um, you know, just a better life in general. Mm, that's such a good point. Just be patient in general right now. Yeah. <laughs> Be patient with everyone. Uh, please. <laughs> As we publicly <laughs> begged the other day. So, um, and I think uh, next episode we're going to kind of talk about bringing that pet home. So once you find that perfect pet, we're going to kind of help you find out introductions and make sure that they happen really positively. But for now, we want to see those pets that you adopted already. You can find us on our social medias at Making Sense of Pets on Facebook and Instagram, or you can send us an email at makingsenseofpets at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, listen, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Do it! (laughs) Yay, that's it. Go get you a pet. Pet.